What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. When one thinks of how things could be better in their lives, I would venture that few think of the tale of 1941's The Wolfman as an origin point for things that seem like better times. Nevertheless, that film, starring Lon Chaney Jr., is at the center of this episode of Friday the 13th, The Series. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, The Series. This time, Season 2, Episode 16, Scarlet Cinema. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. Werewolves, werewolves, werewolves. They're wolves. Believe it or not, this episode features werewolves, Nick. Really, Mike? We're going to be talking a lot about werewolves inside this episode, as you can imagine. But I also wanted to provide you guys some news about some upcoming content that we're conjuring. Nick and I have been dreaming now, I think, for years about doing a perspective review podcast for American Werewolf in London. And I think this is a really great match under our ass to get that done because yeah. what a brilliant film, not only for the, the concept of lore and legend inside of werewolfdom, but inside of filmmaking. There, there are a few films. Filmmaking and makeup effects. All of it. All of it. All of it. it, it it's such a delicious yummy werewolf sandwich and we're going to make a perspective review of that film coming up we can't wait to share it with you stay tuned and keep looking at perspectivereviews.com and two guys talking horror for that yummy silver bullets yeah i was never a fan of the silver bullet movies in fact werewolf movies in general i i'm definitely not the horror of horror that you are um but i did you I, did you just call me a whore? Yes, I did. But I do love the concept of the transformation stuffs. Yeah. And especially when they start talking about special effects of any kind, I'm absolutely sold. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, inside of our Versus Machine podcast effort, you and I were able to revisit a couple of really great properties. We actually took Cycle of a Werewolf, the novella from Stephen King, mm -hmm. and we pit it up against its film adaptation, Silver Bullet, mm -hmm. script also written by Stephen King. Mm -hmm. We go through the differences and the similarities 
of both the book and the film. We dissect a lot of that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of great content involved in that capture, and we'll make sure that there is a link to it in the show notes in the housekeeping section for this episode. Yeah, for those of you looking for it now while you're listening to this podcast, a pox on you! Don't go looking for other things. Finish this episode first. But if you got to go looking, you can check that out over at versusmachine.com. Nick, it's time for the retail for this episode. Season 2, episode 16. Scarlet Cinema. A classic black and white movie is being watched inside a theater, and the autumn moon is bright. Werewolves are the subject du jour in Canada. It's the classic 1941 Wolfman movie with Lon Chaney Jr. The young man, his name is Pogue, is watching a movie and obviously knows the words to each and every minute inside the Wolfman. He mouths them as they happen in real time. Finally, after the climax of the movie, Pogue leaves the theater and walks down the mean streets of Nowheresville, Canada, and finds an alley. In it, he produces a wolf's paw. He scratches the wolf's paw on his chest, leaving a blood trail, the demarcations of his dedication to becoming a werewolf himself. But nothing happens. Over there, in the corner of the alley, a trio of young men, one of them with a camera, is capturing the young man's every move and word. All three of them laugh. <laughs> hey, Pogue. Sorry to interrupt your transformation, Ratchwall. Looking real smooth. Pogue realizes how embarrassing this is, and he heads for the hills, still not yet transformed. Later, inside a lecture hall, a professor takes the stage and begins talking about classic cinema. Blair, the know-it-all guy, and Pogue's tormentor from the previous night, asks bold questions to which nobody cares to learn the answers. Then, Pogue asks a question about Scarlet Cinema. The professor responds... The horror genre is an underrated style of movie. Suddenly, the lights go off, and a movie made inside of the alleyway featuring our friend Pogue chanting to the moon is shown on screen, providing the peanut gallery inside the hall with laughs galore. Tell us how wolves exist in real life, huh, Pogue? Pogue rises from his chair and says, You're treating me like I was crazy. And he streaks boldly out of the hall. Back at the Curious Goods Antique Shop, Jack, Mickey, and Ryan are rejuvenating the store. As they're working, a young lady from the film class, Carissa, stops in to rent some antiques. She needs it for a project that showcases the facades that people put on. And she needs to also rent a camera. Jack Marshak, man of camera hawking action, goes and gets her information to connect with a man named McDougal, who owns McDougal's Camera Shop. And happens to be an old friend of Jack's. And is super Irish. Carissa stops over to pick up the camera from Mr. McDougal at his shop and meets Pogue. He's there to get a camera for his project, too. She apologizes about the incident earlier where Blair the pompous asshole know-it-all this episode made him feel so small and worthless. People named Blair do that. She offers him support, but then Pogue spies a vintage 1930s camera. Unfortunately, it's not for sale. Why the hell is it in the case, then? Why, why is it being displayed if it's not for sale? I'm not sure, but Pogue wants that one. He collects it out of the case, turns it on, and begins filming the room, as well as Mr. McDougal. 
to see what the camera does and feels like. That's what people do when they're buying cameras, Nick. Yep, it's what I do every time I buy a camera. Unfortunately, Mr. McDougal isn't selling it. As Mr. McDougal turns his back to talk more to Carissa, Pogue snatches the vintage camera from the still open unlocked case and bolts out of the store unseen. The vintage camera is now in Pogue's clutches. Pogue returns back to his macabre poster dorm room with the vintage camera and spies through its viewfinder and sees an image from the classic 1941 Wolfman starring Lon Chaney Jr. Haunting music spools up and Pogue begins lamenting his life. It's not fair. Then the vintage camera begins moving on its own. It flips between its three lenses as Pogue readdresses the camera and looks to the viewfinder to see Mr. McDougal inside of it. Then, a classic movie where a man is becoming a werewolf. Just like the werewolf from the classic 1941 Wolfman film starring Lon Chaney Jr. Pogue continues to watch and then sees the Wolfman at McDougal's quaint camera shop, stalking the elderly Irish man. Then Pogue sees McDougal murdered by the Wolfman. Oh no, not a werewolf. Later on outside the McDougal camera store now turned crime scene, yet another friend of Jack Marshak, man of dwindling friend count action, is dead. Looks like a wild animal got him, says the on-scene detective, who's got one line and leaves and the disappears. disappears for the rest of the after, episode. After putting up tape, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Poke is on hand to see them wrapping up the process at a crime scene, just like all the murderers inside this entire series do, and then returns back to his dormitory. He takes the camera apart to reveal a strip of silver nitrated film that states, Three deaths, and you get your wish. Now the game is truly a foot or paw or something. Pogue needs two more deaths to get his wish. Yet another visit to the classic Wolfman movie from the classic 1941 Wolfman, starring Lon Chaney Jr., where a star appears on Larry Talbot's chest, which is now appeared on Pogue's chest. Of course it does. Makes perfect sense. Back at the Curious Kids Antique Shop, Jack shares the information that Mr. McDougal was murdered last night. Torn to pieces! Was it one of their cursed objects? No one knows, but something was stolen from the shop before Mr. McDougal was killed. This is known because reasons. It's also time to start researching werewolves. Pogue finds the lovely Carissa again and is wondering if perhaps she could. Oh! Then Blair visits! Thanks for cock blocking, Blair. Later that afternoon, Blair and his buddies are besmirching Pogue, and as they do, Pogue showcases Blair inside the viewfinder of the classic 1930s vintage camera. Back at the crime scene at McDougal's, Ryan is checking out the scene and sees that across the street at the theater, it's showing the classic 1941 Wolfman starring Lon Chaney Jr. This is a running gag, isn't it? Hush! Ryan enters to find Pogue staring at the screen once again, mouthing the words line by line. Very interesting and creepy to be sure. That definitely makes Ryan's spidey sense tingle, Mike. Back at the Curious Goods Antique Shop, they're wondering where Ryan is. The hunt for a werewolf-based object is bringing up Bupkis. Back outside in Pogue's dormitory base lair, the moon is now full. Ryan follows close behind. 
Poe grabs the camera and views through the viewfinder Blair leaving the school. A figure stalks him inside his douchebag jeep vehicle as he makes a booty call call on his back phone. He is then attacked. <laughs> Ryan overhears the carnage through the camera, and it's over. Blair, the douchebag inside of a jeep using a back phone, is dead, and Ryan has found the room where Pogue is. He knocks. Yeah, Ryan Dalliot, I'm looking for a friend. Uh, he's supposed to live in the dorm somewhere. Whoa, look at this room. The room is adorned with posters of monster movies of all kinds, and the door slams in his face. Poe doesn't have any time for him at all. After all, only one more death until Pogue's wish is granted. As Ryan departs, Pogue uses his cursed vintage camera to take footage of Ryan, who is next to be stalked by a werewolf. A werewolf from the classic 1941 Wolfman film starring Lon Chaney Jr. Ryan suddenly spies the Wolfman and runs. Run, Ryan, run! We see that Ryan is fumbling for keys to the rolls. It's the bends. Sorry. The werewolf ruins the passenger window's day, and just before it can deliver the killing blow to Ryan, Pogue's roommate beats on the door, interrupting Pogue's bloodlust-fueled film. Curses! Foiled again, but soon. Ryan returns and shares the story. Jack Marshak, man of ammunition action, shares the ultimate protection, silver bullets. Back inside the lecture hall again. It's time for more excitement. Pogue sits boldly next to his young lady friend, Carissa. Tonight, it's time to start with film review. First up, Darius Pogue's film. In his groundbreaking guerrilla masterpiece film, Pogue has apparently cut together the classic Wolfman film from the classic 1941 Wolfman starring Lon Chaney Jr. with the murder of his fellow classmate, Blair Westlake? It is... A classic example of inexperienced filmmaking, and then the duplicated death of a fellow student. Intolerable and worthy of burning. Burning! Burning most foul! Pogue unfurls the cursed vintage 1930s camera and takes film of his soon-to-be-departed instructor and once again bolts from the room. Back at the Curious Good Store, they're talking about Pogue, just as Carissa returns the masks and shares the tale of the instructors raking Pogue over the student filmmaking coals. Jack instantly deduces that they have to get back to the instructor to save his life. No! Back inside Pogue's dorm room lair, the professor's story is about to play out. A figure now stalks the professor inside of his office. Outside, Jack, Mickey, and Ryan approach. The professor's been attacked and is being eaten. They overhear the mayhem, but it's too late. The professor is dead. Ryan pulls out a gun. Jack opens the door. Professor, are you in there? Pogue, still in his dorm room, at his desk, sits back to collect his thoughts and turns to see <gasps> the Wolfman from the classic 1941 Wolfman film starring Lon Chaney Jr. in his midst. Time for dreams to be fulfilled. The wolfman bites him. After which, Pogue withdraws a gun and shoots him dead with silver bullets. As the classic wolfman fades from reality as if being burned vintage film, Pogue stares at the moon and then begins his own transformation. 
Brian thunders on the door outside the dorm room. Poke eventually transforms into the Wolfman, and he darts out the window. Mickey grabs the cursed vintage camera from the desk, and she and Ryan reconvene with Jack. The camera doesn't just bring a character to life. It allows the person wielding the camera to become that character. They've got to stop him before he can murder again. Snap pan to Carissa, who is casually walking down the street at the college campus. Alone. Unarmed. Totally vulnerable. It's the 80s, Mike. And she finds (gasps) Pogue is a werewolf. I want to make you like me so we can be together forever. Kabang! Ryan shoots Pogue with the silver bulleted gun in the shoulder, not killing him. Dummy! The four not werewolves from the classic 1941 Wolfman starring Lon Chaney Jr. movie head back to the Curious Goods shop for protection. Time to bolt all the doors and windows. Of course it is! Damn straight. Mickey takes Carissa and the camera to the vault, and the cursed item from this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, is... Recovered! Ryan hands Jack his silver bullet-loaded gun and runs toward the vault. Jack hears a howling outside. Jack now has the firearm with the silver bullets in it. Ryan closes the vault door behind him, sealing he and the other two ladies into the vault. Jack skulks clumsily around the shop upstairs, looking for nothing good. He finds Pogue as a werewolf bursting through the back door. Jack Marshak, man of blindly firing into the darkness action, is subdued easily and painfully. The werewolf heads to the vault and tosses Carissa over his shoulder like a sack of female potatoes. Ryan quickly looks around and grabs the film from the cursed vintage camera. You know, the film that's coated with silver nitrate and then begins choking the wolfman. (laughs) (laughs) He crumples to the ground and dies. As Jack leans over to view the now dead man, a plume of smoke appears and changes Pogue from wolfman form back into a young, now dead teenager. As the cleanup in the shop begins, Jack, Mickey, and Ryan wonder why Pogue wanted his dark dreams. Better be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. Let's focus on the good. The classic movie. Being a fan of you being a fan of horror films was almost majestic for this film. Because we get to see, I don't even know the count, it's got to be over 30. 30 different shots of different pieces of the classic Wolfman film. And then a handful of shots reused over and over. Yeah. And it really is fun to see scenes from this classic movie that, I, I have to be honest, I, I've only seen that a handful of times. Mm, yeah. And I don't remember a lot of it. So watching it through the cone of a sadistic, murderous son of a bitch who is just trying to, just a kid trying to get a nut is very interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, because this is an episode that I remember from my childhood. Mm-hmm. I remember back then 
having feeling a connection with Pogue because oh, sure. yeah. I loved those old horror movies uh, as well. That and your friends videotaping you in an alley. I love uh, my friends videotaped me moon. doing awkward things all the time, Mike. I've, thank God there wasn't YouTube back then in my childhood. Same here. Dude. I'd be an internet I'd, star. I'd be doomed. I would be doomed. <laughs> Using the parallel, I guess, uh, of of just pure transformation, Mm -hmm. I think is, now as an adult looking at this episode, is more of what they were trying to go for. Because we're not not really given any kind of real reason why Pogue loves this movie so much. We just know that he does. He knows every line. He loves it so much that he wants to be like this creature. So uh, an endearing aspect... With the use of the classic film, there in the beginning, kind of kind of sets you up for the whole episode. You know, watching it through his eyes, mm-hmm. you, you can see the wonder on his face. Mm-hmm. This is probably the hundredth, maybe two hundredth time time he's seen it, but it's still like he's watching it for the first time. And there's that wonder and that that desire. And and I know it sounds weird. And I'm not comparing myself to it. It's it's not like, yeah, I wanted to be a werewolf too. I went to alleys and scratched myself with with wolf paws. But I think all of us can agree that we've wanted something so much oh, yeah. that we may have taken it to an unhealthy extreme. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that. So so not only having the classic film uh helps the tone of this episode is dictated by the film, the original film, because there are some parallels. And we're not going to get into it because this is not 1941's The Wolfman starring Long Chaney Jr. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? This this and a couple of other places inside this podcast, we are going to get into a lot of what's going on with not only the classic movie, but the with the classic feelings that Pogue has as what is a just getting into college person couple of the things that you've said that paralleled inside of your life i think parallel inside of a bunch of people's lives Mm -hmm. beyond the sadistic murdering part not so much that well right right. but i'm telling you everybody's got that movie Mm -hmm. i'm not entirely sure everybody can articulate it right now but everybody knows a movie you could sit down to and right now pretty much word for word or beat for beat or know where the music is inside of each one and or all of the things that I've just said. Yeah. You can do that and you are obsessed with that film. And so the concept of obsession, of being able to change what's going on in your life right now pretty damn quickly Yeah. and always having a love, regardless of who the love is, even if the love is totally inappropriate, Right. all of those three things are are just small constituent parts of what happens inside this episode that is then augmented and exploded by the vintage camera that's cursed. So we'll talk more about that. This is the chemistry set that I wanted to have happen because Nick and I were trying to run through the goods and bads for this episode. We kept coming up against the movie being here, but what that actually meant, we're going to get into that both here inside the positives, but also inside the bads. Solid on point script writing. This is another episode that I absolutely loved. the 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 concept of the bad thing, I love all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the uh, The douchebag, jeep driving, bag phone using asshole that gets his. I love me some of that. I would have loved to have had some of that when I was a kid. Right. And right. and I, I, again, the visit to satisfaction, though in this case incredibly dark satisfaction. Mm. I get it. 
I totally get it. And it makes the on-point script even that much more on point. Yeah. And it might have to do with the fact that we utilize so much of the Wolfman footage, but it's almost everything in this episode was straight and to the point and fostered along the story. Yeah. And we are going to get to it when we get to the bads. I think using the crutch of the film hurt the script a little yes. bit more because I kind of feel like maybe they're writing, they're writing, they're writing and insert scene here, which could have just been a couple of seconds, but instead then draws out to more than just a couple of seconds. Had we added a little bit more, the script would have been 100% perfect. Uh, very similar to our previous episode, Better Off Dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was a solid script. Mm-hmm. There were there was hardly any, there was nothing in that script that did not loop back around and and was important to the actual story. This one here, even though we didn't have that, it was still a cohesive storytelling experience, unlike some of the episodes in the early half of season two yeah. of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. The camera and monster from this episode. All right. Friday the 13th, the series, you got me once again with an item I absolutely love and am absolutely enamored by. I, I, I don't have any idea how to use those things other than to look through a viewfinder and get what I want seeing yeah. through it. That part I know. I don't right. know anything about the mechanics and what it uses in the film and blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about any of that, but I love to look at things like these classic kick-ass camera things. There, there's nothing like looking at them, and it's obvious to me why this was such a, an, an integral role of making lightsabers for George Lucas. Because for those that aren't familiar, the lightsabers are actually made from handle sets uh, in classic camera stuff from this era. Hmm. And this is why, because it all looks kick-ass. It's all got these interesting angles and lots of metal. And if you go back and you look at the history, and we'll find some, we'll, we'll find some links that we throw into the show notes for this. That's where you'll find all this stuff is from. And this is why you, you, even if we didn't show you anything else inside this episode and we only showed you that camera instantaneously, you are hooked. Especially if you are a film buff. Oh my. Yeah. Now me personally, I don't know enough about camera history Uh to, to say, yeah, that is a vintage 1930s camera Yeah, because I, I feel like it's not. Because just by using this episode as a comparison, Mm -hmm. when Blair and his buddies are filming Pogue in the Alley, the size of that camcorder is twice the size of the camera that Pogue steals. And as we all know, the technology where cameras were concerned, they started off huge Huge, and they've worked their way down. So, again, not being an expert, Mm -hmm. it didn't take me out of the actual episode. But I would like to, and and maybe we'll add, we will add some of the, uh, some links in the show notes for this. Maybe the history of camera progression and see what the styles were. Because I might be wrong. That might actually really be from the 30s. But I I don't know if it is. It's actually a strange call to the audience here, too. If you guys are film aficionados... We would love to hear from you about mm-hmm. this particular camera or any other camera, really. If you've got an interesting story to tell us about classic, vintage, not cursed, 
cameras, make sure you connect with us over at our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the web form and tell us more about your knowledge of the super classic slash vintage, not cursed, cameras. The second portion of this bullet point is the monster inside of this. Yeah. Both... Well, and honestly, this is another piece of the good with the classic movie in that you have the classic Wolfman, which, again, back in the day, in the 1940s, that was, you got to be kidding me, special effects. Oh, yeah. The stuff Jack <clears throat> Pierce could do with mm-hmm. makeup, even today, still astounds people. Right. You look at that, you look at the whomever they dressed up to be Larry the Wolfman in, inside of this episode, but then also... Pogue being transformed into a werewolf. The makeup across the board and the the concept of the creature. Aces. Absolutely aces. What I also like, too, is that they got rid of most of the color palette inside of what we saw for the creature so that it was kind of black and white, even inside of a color environment. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And I, uh, again, I I think the werewolf, in particular the wolf man, Mm -hmm. I think has a classic piece, a, a home inside of many film-goers' brain and heart in general. Well, and they really do pay that off here. They do, they do. And even though this is late 80s, there have been a lot of more, a lot more werewolf-based yeah. film, television, stuff like that, mm-hmm. to where The Wolf Man is actually like a subset genre of the lycanthrope movie set right because you've got werewolves you've got wolf man you've got skinwalkers there's a whole bunch of stuff but back then there was no lore most of the universal monster films were ba- the original stuff was based off of books that which were then turned into stage plays which were then turned into classic movies, movies. right there wasn't anything like that for when the it's wolf also, man. It, right it's also why you've got so many classic stage actors who then eventually play the the monsters yeah. inside the movies yeah uh, again, the mon- the and we've never had a werewolf either. Right, this Which is, is you know really halfway odd. halfway yeah. through this uh, the, this season in the middle of season two, no werewolf. Now we got a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the camera and the monster inside this episode, I thought were strikingly good inside this episode. And that's where we ask you guys, what did you find good inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's curiousgoodspodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought was good inside this episode. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has goods and bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at the not-so-goods. The classic movie. I think the thing that got me the most is that, like I said, I'm really glad we were able to revisit it because I appreciate that you appreciate the appreciation of appropriating that film to be inside this episode. Mm. Thumbs up. Awesome. But there's just too damn much. Yes. I I think when I started really getting sick of it is when, and I can't believe I'm saying I got sick of it, but I I did. I got sick of it. it. The instant that we watched the guy's feet start to turn into paws and then full on paws, and then he stands up and he pulls his feet up, and you can see that up the leg is now covered. That whole scene was just too damn long where they just lift out the movie and let it play yeah i i don't dig that because it doesn't to me that doesn't feel like they're hearkening back to anything they're just going i don't know throw that shit in there yeah and i don't i i do not like that yeah i feel again when we talked about the script the script was tight but it was only tight because they left so many spaces open for insert footage. film footage yes i totally agree so with that. that we don't have to worry about coming up with more story because yes. 
I feel like if we come up with more story, we're going to screw it up. Yeah, I and you I, know I totally sometimes you, can, you, no. you do have to fear fear for that depending yeah. depending we're, on what you're writing. But we're, we're, we're going to talk about more about that piece towards later on inside right, the ads right. here. But I again the the usage of the classic movie thumbs up. I am thumbs up that you liked it being used. But there's too damn much of it. I totally agree. That's why we put it in both the goods and the bads. The bad guy discussion. Normally, we would have our bad guys in the goods section because they're always stellar. And I know you and I, you and I are in agreement, but in different directions, I, I think. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, good. <laughs> hey, we're in agreement again. Darius Pogue, I don't want to say that he's not he's not a mastermind. He's not somebody with a vendetta or mission. He's just this hapless guy that ends up having something fall into his lap that can give him everything he wants and totally goes along with it. There's no questioning about it. You know, the beginning of the episode when he gets the camera and he's seeing the death of Mr. McDougal, he doesn't seem shocked. He actually seems to enjoy it because, oh, wow, it, I don't know what's going on, but a werewolf's about to kill this guy. And then, you know, he opens the camera to say, okay, well, what's really going on? Let's take a look at the film. And it says right there, clear as day, three deaths, you get your wish. Okay, because the next person that pisses him off, which, of course, is Blair. Right. Psst, out the window. Boom. Done. Yeah. I'm going to film him because he deserves it. And even at the beginning of this episode, we go like, oh, yeah, he's going to die. Because most assholes die in these types of scenarios. Especially after you grab the bag phone inside of your douchebag. <laughs> right. Yay, babe. The moon's full. <laughs> you want to get freaky? So, so yeah, of course, he's going to kill him. But then after that, it's like, ooh. one. The first one was an accident. The second one, uh, definitely on purpose. Then the third is, well, I just got to get, it doesn't matter who. Yeah. It has to be somebody. And what you've just explained is why I like it. Because when you, when you start adding on, the, the big overarch here is that there's a dude that's obsessed. We know that. Mm, yes. He's obsessed with the Wolfman. He's obsessed with everything Wolfman so much so that he wants to become one. We, we launched the episode with, hey, look, a dude in the middle of a downtown Nowheresville, Canada alleyway who is braying at the moon with, and scratching himself so severely with a paw that he draws blood across mm -hmm. his chest. Okay, so he's already, he's already out there like Pluto, man. Right. Okay, so there's your first step. The second step is that he, he wants to find a way to transform his life. So that he too can have something different than what he wants. The sweet irony of us talking about this. I was just trying to explain to somebody why Forrest Gump is one of what she called male favorite movies. And I don't know that I would call it one of my favorite movies, but I would call it an endearing film. And the reason yeah. why is because it's the ultimate what if question mark story. What if your life turned out completely different than what you want? Yeah. Because Forrest Gump sits on the precipice of something different happening, and then it just happens in front of him, and he falls into it and lives his life. It allows you to have the chance to, after you see that film, then look back on your life, where things could have been different or gone differently. And the way that she wanted to paint that was, so what you're saying is that you'd like to see things that happened in your life happen differently? Well, no, hold on a second. It's not the, it's not the, I wish things were different. It's the what if. 
Right. They're, not, they're not the same thing. No, they're, they're not. And, and that's what I see inside of this is that he's not looking for the what if. He wants things to be different. Mm-hmm. And just as you said, then the camera falls in his lap. Right. And one of the things that we know, especially about criminal elements, is that the easy path traditionally wins out. Traditionally, yeah. when the easy path isn't used by criminals, it's usually very, very bad for everybody. Because it's not just the criminal trying to get off and get what they need easy. It's everybody goes the long way and the hard way. But inside of this, what you have is a steadily declining bar of what you need to be doing to get what you want. And so Ryan's death instantly becomes just a checkbox. It's like, well, hell yeah. Right, yeah. If you I can, die, get, if I I can need to kill get this stuff. guy, then I'm done. That's, that's why I like this. It, it, to me, it seems like a very straightforward bad guy in that he's, are, he's already on the precipice of he he doesn't have anything to lose and wishes something was different but doesn't know what to do and hey by the way i'm going to go scratch myself with a paw in an alley so he's already he's already over the edge so watching him descend into this pool of madness with the camera i thought it was pretty all right for me it was almost there. Every, everything i agree with everything that you said it would have made a really great study of a bad guy mm-hmm. my only issue is is that there wasn't enough of Pogue outside of seeing his room and his love of the movie while he's watching it. What we don't get is... The why. Mm -hmm. The concept of profiling. I feel if if, if they could have taken out five minutes worth of all of that the Wolfman footage from 1941, 1941 starring, starring Long Cheney Jr. Cheney Jr. If they could have taken out about five minutes of that and added, why the hell is Pogue like this? Mm-hmm. Why is it his obsession? Mm-hmm. Then it would have been a brilliant I, portrait of a bad guy. And yeah. I would have insisted we shove it into the goods. But because there is not enough of that, why the hell is he like this? Mm-hmm. He's just like this. And and I get Having it spelled out for people sometimes isn't isn't their bag. And I'm not saying I need it spelled out. But wouldn't it be interesting to find out why Pogue was so obsessed with not just classic horror or scarlet cinema, as it was referred to, mm-hmm. but the Wolfman in general? Because there are plenty of other classic horror films that are about transformation. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The Invisible Man. Hell, Dracula, it is about a transformation from being alive to undead. So why the Wolfman? And that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's why we had to put Darius Pogue, bad guy, into the bads Mm -hmm. because there was not enough of that why. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's also something I would love to see. And I actually think there's been a film and I just can't. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's where you would see the story happening in a variety of different perspectives where the guy that looks like he's getting stacked on and, and, and quote bullied in an alley because they film him when he doesn't know and whatever else, Mm -hmm. when all of those things get flipped so that it's not, it doesn't just look like a bullying story and it looks like it's a story that's captured and they're not bullying him. They're just capturing the story and, the whole thing, if you could take every instant where Pogue inside of this episode is stacked on and besmirched and, and insert whatever your favorite word is here, and you could throw that back around where 
they're they're stating what they think. It's where if you could if you could take what a bully says rather than oh you're looking pretty stupid today, McFly, and you go I, I can't believe you didn't know that answer. How did how did you know that answer? How did you not know that answer? Is that instantly a bullying statement? Well, in someone's perspective, that's always getting that. Well, yeah. But if it's somebody saying, I, why didn't you get that answer? I don't know why you didn't get that answer. It doesn't make any sense. I know the rest of us would have gotten that answer. Is that bullying? Because I don't think so. But in someone's perspective that's getting that all day long, then it does. And it's like, man, why are you picking on me? Well, I'm, dude, I'm just asking you. In the classroom, with you sitting in it, along with the rest of us, now, it kind of goes back to team aspect, where when a team goal happens and you need to know something together, well, if we all got the same knowledge, at least the same knowledge, in a classroom where it was deposited at one time or several times, why don't you know that answer? And it's not because you're stupid. And it's not because you got pimples on your face. <laughs> and it's not because you're a fat ass. It's because you didn't know it. Why is that? I don't, I don't consider that a bullying remark. That's me asking you, why didn't you know the answer, dude? Because now we we missed the points or that well, team won. Or I think whatever. the difference between it being a question and bullying is tone and attitude of the person asking, because that those two things also can can yeah. dis- because if I got why why didn't you know that? Well, that doesn't sound bully. Why didn't you know that you yeah. idiot? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. bullying. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, there's a bunch of really great discussion to be had there, and you're absolutely right of the why part of what's going on inside of Darius Pogue's mind. Maybe his name was the problem of why. Anybody that's named Darius Pogue, I, f- I fear for your future. <laughs> I see, I like the name. The oh, name, I like the, the name, name, name but great. I'm telling you, that's, like the, that, that's the name. Um, I think that's the name of a serial killer with a vintage camera inside <laughs> of a television show. Well, those are the things that we thought were bad during this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you thought could use a little bit of polish. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com, fill out the contact form, and let us know what you thought. It's time to take a break here during the Curious Goods Podcast, our review of Season 2, Episode 16, Scarlet Cinema. We'll be right back. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be, ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. 
here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 16, Scarlet Cinema. Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to focus on our manifest moments. The manifest moments are where Nick and I recognize either an actor's portrayal inside this episode, a storytelling element that was showcased, or something else that trips our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what do you got? We've pretty much covered everything that deserves to be talked about. Every single thing in this episode. All of it. We've touched upon it in the goods and in the bads. (laughs) So uh, my manifest moment for this episode is actually a running joke that we've had going on in this podcast. Mm -hmm. Jack's dwindling friend count. <laughs> Too cool. It seems Too cool. that anytime somebody from Jack's past is introduced in this show, dead. They're dead. <laughs> because yeah. either they betray him and end up dying, or they get wrapped up in a cursed object yeah. and they end up dying. Mm-hmm. The only person who has not died so far is Sola. Is, yeah, well, well, Rashid. Rashid, there you go. But yes, it would be Jack Sala <laughs> if we're doing an Indiana Jones rep- uh, comparison. We we I made the joke. We're watching the episode, and we get to meet McDougal, and I'm like, uh, yeah. I wonder if he's going to survive. And then five minutes yeah. later, the guy's dead. And I'm like, shit, yeah. Jack can't have Mc- any friends. Yeah, McDougal is Irish for dead. For dead, yes. <laughs> right, right. Hello, I'm Seamus. Gonna Mc- die soon, McDougal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Even though even though it Nick is a dead. playful little joke, yeah. Jack and nobody wanting to be his friend anymore because they'll end up dead is my manifest moment. Yeah, that's terrific. That's terrific. My manifest moment inside of this episode has got to be the douchey douche film perspective review class ness. I have never been in a class like what we saw there, mm. but I dream of them every time somebody says, "Oh, you're a film critic." No, I I am not a film critic, nor have I ever been one. And that's why a lot of what we see inside of this episode from the douchebag question from Blair to the then question by Pogue to just about everything that comes out of that professor's mouth in general, with the exception of the appreciation of the horror genre. Right. But the rest of it, man, I hate me some of that. It's because it's I don't I don't ever want to say what we're talking about is elevated over the understanding of someone else. And what happens way too often, at least in my opinion, inside a film review, is that is exactly what happens. The perspective of people that share their concepts and vocabulary-laden paragraphs of stuff that you now probably don't understand because you don't have the vocabulary, but then they assume that you don't and won't understand it because you're not smart enough. 
I don't ever want people to think that, especially when I'm talking. Right. And I loved being able to see what I think is probably the perfect classic example of what I never want anybody to think our review sets are. Well, when somebody, I remember this vividly, not too long ago, we had a dude that reviewed three of our programs in depth. For, for lack of a better term, it was doing a, a dissection of each and every thing that's inside of a podcast and then telling us about it and what they thought of it as professional people, whether it be a podcast or a broadcast or whatever. Right. And one of the things that they told us was, oh, so this is, this is one of those deep dive movie review segments, right? Oh, you're getting into the film school aspect yeah. of talking about films and television. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I, one, I didn't go to film school, and, one, and I'm not going to go to film school. Right. Two, I'm not going to use an, an extract dialogue that is used as the anatomy brace for anything inside of film school anything. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to tell you what I think I feel and see, but I'm never going to use that as a bludgeon to think you're stupid. And that's whenever somebody says the word film school or refers to something that is the critic concept, I always I think of the the class that I saw here, and that was my manifest moment. It was a it's a perfect vision mm. of the film class I only not don't want to take, but I don't want Pogue as my classmate. Well, no, because he'll film you and then have, you, have murdered you murdered by, by the Wolfman, Wolfman from from the nineteen forty one the Wolfman classic starring Long Cheney Jr. Yeah. Ugh, is this episode over yet so we can drop <laughs> that joke? That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form. I'm sorry, Professor. What's that? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Let me explain it for you during my 75-minute dialogue on this chalkboard. Just fill it out. Just fill out the web form. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Vocabulary, the words that make the world go round, in particular for this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We have two words inside this episode. Our first from our friends over at visualthesaurus.com is... Transformation. Transformation, a word that means many things to different people. Inside the descriptions from our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, it's stated as... A qualitative change. Or, in regard to mathematics... A function that changes the position or direction of the axes of a coordinate system. In regard to genetics, it's listed as a modification of a cell or bacterium by the uptake and incorporation of exogenous DNA. Also as the act of changing in form or shape of appearance. A very interesting word, especially in regard to werewolves and anything that transforms inside of the scarlet cinema genre. I love that. Our second descriptor inside of this episode is... Film stock. Film stock, according to Wikipedia, is listed as an analog medium that is used for recording motion pictures or animation. There's all kinds of stuff that film stock revolves around and refers to and especially in the age of digital cinema it's still around it just changes medium regularly and and very quickly and i think that's why i liked referring to it well it definitely has a latch on to the classic there's all kinds of avenues for thought that film stock takes us to that's where we ask you guys what vocabulary words did you extract from this episode season two episode 16 scarlet cinema 
Let us know what words you found by going over to our website, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the web form. Tell us which words you're thinking of. Episode rating. Ah, the rating inside this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. The rating works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. Getting the girl and going home is a human. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. Having your throat ripped out by Mr. Wolfman from the 1941 classic Wolfman starring Lon Chaney Jr. Everything starts at an average of 7. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? Well, I mean, Mike, I could pontificate for about another half hour about my enjoyment of this episode. Uh, That'll be a vocabulary word for a later episode. Pontificate. Uh, No, the the joy of being able to revisit an episode, especially one that I remember as a child, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now with 30 years worth of experience and love for the horror genre, Mm -hmm. I I can now see it in a... It allows me to see it in a different light, but still enjoy it exactly the same. Yeah. And unfortunately, I still cannot get over the speed bump of the overuse of the classic film. Mm-hmm. So even though I wish I could I could give it something higher, I have to rate this episode a nine. Nine's a very interesting number for this episode. I, too, would like to vote this much, much higher than I'm going to give it. Mm. But the overuse, not only of the many scenes and by the way the exact same scenes really (laughs) you know if you're going to give us portions of the movie why don't you give us more portions of the movie than just the ones that were given to us Um, i would have loved to have seen much like you had said where we get to dive deeper into the mind of what's going on with driving pogue to his murderous film fostered rage i'd love to know more about that and we just didn't get it i mean outright what i also would have liked was is he going out to the alley to scratch himself somewhere different with the paw? Or was it just that night? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was every full moon. The third thing, and I realize that they're beating us over the head with it because, hey, anybody named Blair is an asshole that has a bag phone inside of a <laughs> douchebag Jeep. Okay, what is their relationship exactly? And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I know people now that I knew back in high school that were just, I thought, Blair-level douchebags. Mm-hmm. And I'm still connected to them, ironically, via Facebook. And you know what I don't see now as a 50-year-old man? I don't see any semblance of them being a douchebag. And so while I'm not ready to say that they weren't being douchebags back then... Were, were you friends with them while they were douchebags back no, then? No, I, I, I feel like I was really being douchebagged. Okay, so uh, then the my question is, is mm-hmm. why would you accept a friend request from them later on in life? Well, because I've had casual conversations with them after high school that are human conversations. Mm. I would have loved to have had the why question filled out much more. And why I, was Blair such a douchebag towards Pogue? Well, he, uh, and wouldn't was that it have been more, what, did it have more well, to do with... What if it was with... deserved? And then maybe that's where I was going previously with my... So the real hero of this episode was, was Blair, and we just didn't see it in that perspective. Uh, and, and maybe not the hero, but calling out bullshit? I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that I've known in my life that have called out bullshit. And as I get older, I realize they're calling me out on my bullshit. And you know what? A lot of them are right. 
where they they'll say something and rather than it being a pointed, dude, everybody would should have known that you're a dumbass. Instead of saying something like that, somebody going, that's an interesting perspective. But have you ever thought? And then whatever the whatever they're thinking, I should probably think of and didn't. That is a perspective that if you've never looked back at them, you might actually learn something from it. It doesn't mean that they're instantly a douchebag. And again, I'm painting with a huge brush here. Yes, giant giant brush. But it is a perspective. The other thing, too, is that you'd at least glean something from it other than the seeds of hatred and obsession so that you hope you can kill them with your cursed camera. So I I don't know. I, I wanted more from this episode, bottom line. And so I give this episode a six. That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season two, episode 16. Scarlet Cinema. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought about this episode. Everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious... You're right over there, Nick? Uh, hey, what's that? Uh, what, what's that bandage on your arm over there? I didn't see that before. Oh, oh, that. Uh, I was walking along the moors mm-hmm. last night. And, oh, uh, I, I mean, got, don't we all? I, yeah, well, yeah. Who, yeah. who doesn't love a good uh, walk along the moors? And uh-huh. I, with, I with just, your friend Jack, my friend Jack, and I. And uh, wait, wait a minute, there was what, what, something. Nick, what's going on in, with your face, man? The fog. Hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. Use that as the uh, the sound of the wolf man eating people. <laughs> That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Holy, f- are you going to be able to cobble something together with that, with where I went with that or not? Yeah. Okay. I'll, All right. I'm brilliance sitting right across from you. <laughs> All right. Insert Nick's brilliance.